The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? Hope all of you out there are having a wonderful little week here. We appreciate you for joining us. I am Sean Oshadi, joined here by the guys Alexander K. Lee and Jed Mashu from MMA Fighting, of course. And we are here because, fellas, I don't know if you realize, but it is a pretty busy weekend in the combat sports space. We're getting spoiled this weekend. A smorgasbord, some might say. Not only do we have UFC on Saturday headlined by, I, I would say, a sick fight between two of the best lightweight prospects in the world. Some people may pan it, but I think that fight's really sick. Uh, we also have a full slate Friday as well, a really a triple header. We got the Moose, Gegard Mousasi defending his middleweight title once again at Belter 282 against the undefeated Johnny Eblen. Got some Brent Bantamweight Grand Prix action as well in there. And then you got the heavyweights and the light heavyweights back in action over at PFL 5. And of course, all the weirdness that will be going on with BKFC 26. And so, fellas... On Friday and Saturday, we'll have all our usual UFC pre-fight coverage for y'all out there. So don't worry on that. But we wanted to actually highlight the best of the rest here for you guys today. So today, we're going to focus just on this Friday night triple header slate. AK, I want to start with you. I mean, when you look at this Friday, at this weekend, do you like what you see? Is there enough out there in the non-UFC world to entice you, to, to get you to come take a little bite? Yeah, I are the times over the times are kind of overlapping a little bit, aren't they? Oh, they're actually like right on top of each other. Some of these cards. Yeah, they are yeah, right no, on top fun. of each other. So you got to make if a you, choice. <laughs> this is definitely well, one of those depends. weekends. Why do you say it that? It does Jen? depend. Well, because the PFL pacing means the PFL is going to be going yes. long after that is fair. Was already done. <laughs> that is you fair. could catch a one PFL fight, switch over to Bellator, and probably watch three or four Bellator fights, and then come back before the next PFL fight is on. So. Maybe they, they will find some sort of synergy there, whether intentional or not. And then, of course, you throw the BKFC in, which I think starts a little bit later in the evening. Um, but just, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun 
it's a fun time. I'm glad we're doing this preview show. Uh, we kind of mulled it over internally, just give people some inside baseball here. Like, should we do preview shows? And we're like, uh, do two preview shows, because, of course, there will be uh, another one for Saturday night's UFC fights. Sorry, I broke our no UFC rule already. Uh, and, yeah, we said, yeah, it's, it's, especially you have good names. You got, listen, you got names casual people know. Gary Musasi, Anthony Pettis. Um, you have high stakes. I mean, again, this is the second. So this is the second round of fights for the uh, heavyweights and featherweights. And then the one lightweight fight with Pettis on uh, at PFL. And then, of course, you have yourself a nice little title fight featuring one of the best middleweights in the world at, uh, at Bellator. Uh, and as for BKFC, it's actually like a surprisingly intriguing card. I think they have, again, they've loaded some, <clears throat> excuse me, some recognizable names on there, people that they have invested time and money into marketing. And this one one strength of BKFC beyond just, you know, the unique combat sports product that they offer up is that, like, they have signed well-known MMA fighters and they have really gone all in on, on getting them um, interviews and, and putting them out there and getting the highlights out there. Luis Palomino, Jimmy Rivera, and what I believe is his BKFC debut. Beck Rawlings, of course, one of the more famous uh, BKFC fighters and uh, and one of their own homegrown stars. In Britain Hart. So, and uh, Ulysses Diaz, I should mention Ulysses Diaz as well. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to there. This is definitely one of those weekends where you'd kind of imagine, like, what if you could take the best bits from each card and merge them into one? Would you have uh, a, a super event that is more intriguing than the than the UFC's event? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'm certainly uh, interested in checking out a little bit of all three of these. I mean, Jeb, we're going we're gonna to dive into all of this, but I, I actually kind of want you to drive this ship here for a second. We're at your whims here for this moment when you look at this slate where do you think we should start like i when i say best non-ufc fight of the weekend what stands out where, where does your mind jump to the best individual non-ufc fight of the weekend and maybe the best card is bellator 282 i agree with you uh, it I won't agree. be my choice but that's very specifically i will be in attendance for the pfl uh the pfl is in my backyard it's at it's in atlanta georgia so i will be Next to the smart cage. I don't think you guys understand. I'm going to be <laughs> within touching distance. I may even touch the smart cage, which not a lot of people can say. I'm very excited about that. And so for that reason, the PFL is the event I am the most interested in this weekend. But I think objectively on paper, Bellator 282 is the best top to bottom card and certainly has the best non UFC fight of the weekend with their main event. Chad, are you, I mean, are you scared of what might happen when you come into contact with the with the PFL smart cage, could this be like a Spider Man getting bitten by the spider moment? What if you, what I'll if it so imbues smarter? Or and who knows what else? I mean, you, who knows what other powers you may absorb? That smart cage is made the with stats. some high tech. The stats, like, are you? Will, will you be a Will you become a computer? To. Will I you become a computer go- this week? It's going to be like jacking into the Matrix. I think, yes. where I'm just going to suddenly I know kung fu. And I know how fast in miles per hour your, your kung fu strikes are coming at me. I could not be more excited about the PFL your, Smart Cage this weekend. You you are a live blog guy on MMA fighting usually, so your live blogs will suddenly just be like binary code coming down instead of te- you'll yeah, always be very confused, like what's going on here? What am I reading? Idea. <laughs> and yeah, yes. you'll also be able to judge fights like perfectly. Like you'll be like the the best judge ever. You'll know how how like I said how hard the strikes are landing. I'm I'm scared, frankly. I don't know. Casey will disagree because stats don't tell the whole story, and I'm going to know all the stats once I've integrated with the smart cage. Oh my gosh! Is there is there an actual get excited? Is there an actual danger here that you're? It's like you come too close to your dreams that like it's almost like disappointing in reality. Like yeah. whatever you visualized in this in your head for this. I think there's almost no chance chance of that happening. Honestly. I am, it's, you're never going to hear me say this about 
at any other point in time because pacing across the board for MMA fights is bad and should be faster. With the PFL for this weekend and next weekend where it's also in Atlanta, I'm really excited about just the intimate amount of time I'm going to have between fights to just absorb the smart cage, to try and ask it questions, to to learn more about society and and fighting and just hope. Because I think that's what the smart cage stands for. It stands for hope. So uh, this is the only time I'm excited about the slow pace that, that will befall us. But, you know. Uh, uh, a broken clock's right twice a day, and in this instance, slow pacing is exactly what I need. You you think the smart cage is like Siri? You're going to be asking it questions. Smart cage, tell me where to where can I get a good uh, taco in, in the area? It's I'm just going to ask it all the things. It's going to it 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 has all of human knowledge in it. It is the smart cage. I think when we've talked about it, AK, this is this is the pinnacle of fighting as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Like the only experience I want more is to sit cage side or ringside or, or phone booth side for a fight circus event, which I'm going to try and do either later this year, or one next day. year. And then one day we it, will make that happen. And yeah. And then my MMA journey will be complete. I won't, I'll have sat cage side for the UFC. I will have never been to a Bellator event, which feels really fitting. Honestly, Jeez, I'll have seen the smart cage. I'll have, I've been next to the, to, you know, I've been everywhere. So except for Bellator, which is good. Like that's how it should be. I just, all I want from you out of your, on the, on the ground reporting on Friday is for you to just get the measurement of some kind of speed of something, whether you're throwing something towards the cage and you can get a measurement of speed of that, or maybe you're doing a little shadow box. I just need some kind of speed measurement from you and then we'll call it a night. That's it. My, my sincere thing that I'm going to try and, and make happen over the next two weeks as I talk to the PFL people I want to interview the smart cage and I want to do a lot of really dumb things with it. Um, I don't know if it's good content, but it's content that will make my heart happy. And so that's what I want to do. (laughs) Well, I think like five minutes ago, you had said something to the effect of Bellator is the best event of the weekend. And I actually agree with you. It is the best event of the weekend. That's true. I I totally agree with you in this regard. So let's start there and let's start with that main event that you mentioned. Gegard Mousasi, Johnny Eblen. We know Gegard. Gegard is a known commodity. We love Gegard. Everybody loves Gegard, except maybe Jed. You you don't seem to like Gegard as much, which is weird. You're just a hater. I understand. But any any regardless, Ge- not a hater. I I I just thought he was going to lose because I thought he was getting old. I was wrong. Hand up, I was wrong. But like, I just thought he was getting old. Well, you know, 85 seconds later, he knocked out another fella, uh, Austin Vandersford. And so he is still the middleweight champion. So now is a next man up. Uh, yet another undefeated challenger, this time Johnny Eblen, who is 7-0 in Bellator. He is really one of their homegrown prospects. I think he's gone like th- through like three nicknames. Handle guys who are just not on his level and really showed over the course of his time there. He's coming off that win over John Salter. So AK, when I throw it to you, I mean, is there any danger here? For Gegard. We have generally in Bellator seen Gegard, the this is levels to MMA type of thing. With Johnny, on a challenger level of 1 to 10, where where are you putting Johnny in terms of danger for Gegard? Man, he's he's a solid 7. I think he's a solid 7. I'm, and I'm sure some people would go higher. I'm probably not as familiar with uh, Johnny Evans' work as a lot of people. I admit I haven't watched all of his fights, and I'm sure some people have. Uh, great wrestling, which is, you know, something that people have used to defeat Gegard in the past, though one could argue that he's kind of figured that out. He's kind of gotten over that. Also, you know, at middleweight, he's a, he's a big 185-er, so um, there's not like a size... There's, he, he'll be going in as the bigger man, I believe. I, I didn't get a good look at him and, and Evelyn on scales uh, today, but I believe he'll be going in as a bigger man. Um, I'm probably stealing some of Jed's points here uh, because I know Jed is always 
Jed has like has said before in the past, and I think that's why people think he doesn't like Gegard, is that um, Gegard Mousasi is in a weird situation in Bellator because so right now he is number three in the MMA fighting global rankings. He is behind only Ezra Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, and he's in this unfortunately weird situation. Where he, there is nothing he can do in Bellator to go over those two guys. There's literally nothing. Um, I think even if Whitaker lost like a bunch of fights, it would probably be to someone else who would then take his spot and then they would be number two. Musashi just cannot rise and, unless Bellator starts somehow bringing in guys, um, you know, more uh, bigger name guys into, into Bellator. Um, it just really well, the feels crossover like. Crossover fight with Hitter. Hitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Reiner. <laughs> De Ritter. I know, I, I know exactly it how, is to, Reiner, how to derail you. De Ritter. I know exactly no, how no, to no, derail you. No, no, you will not derail you. me. You've already derailed I'm already using your talking points for you, so you've already derailed me enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it just feels like he has so little to gain because I loved the win over Austin Vanderford. I was like, that's hilarious. That's what should be happening. We all thought like he's in another world from Austin Vanderford and he, he, he took care of business. Unfortunately, winning so definitively, definitively then has any of his detractors going like, oh, well, he just did what we thought he was going to do. He's just beating in, you know, guys in Bellator that he should be beating. And, and, and in a sense, that's true. In a sense, that's true. And I think the same thing will happen with Eblen. It's either he loses and then there's, it's, a, it's an upset and this guy has beaten one of the greatest middleweights of all time. Or Musasi beats him and then, again, your average MMA fan is like, oh, he beat some guy named Johnny Eblen who I wasn't familiar with before this fight. Uh, maybe they should be, but... Most fans probably aren't. So he can only go down. And yes, every time he steps in there, he's battling whoever's across him. In this case, John Evelyn, a very, very good middleweight, plus father time. I mean, every year you're going to get slower. Someone in Bellator is eventually going to punch that clock. And uh, maybe it's John Evelyn. I'm still, I'm still definitely leaning towards Gegard here. I don't think that time has come for him just yet. But it really can happen uh, anytime. And he just keeps kind of locking these tail defenses. So at least he's smart. It sounds like he might go to light heavyweight next. So we'll see. Jed, I mean, it's AK put Eblen at a solid seven in terms of the challenger scale, the danger scale. I think I probably feign a little lower, maybe like a six. Maybe I'm just riding high off of what he did, what Gegard did to Austin Vanderford, and obviously again showing. Uh, I'm just not on, on, I'm on a different level than like a lot of these guys you're throwing at me. Maybe I'm just still riding on that a little bit, but I would say a six. Where are you going in terms of the one to ten scale in terms of challenger danger? I think seven is pretty accurate. I mean, it's. Maybe if if we're going danger, then it's probably lower than a seven because I don't think Eblen is going to be that. He's not doing anything new, but I do think that he. I like Johnny Eblen. I have Johnny Eblen ranked in my my rankings. I think that he he's a solid wrestler. He's not like an all world wrestler, but working out of ATT, he has some some roundedness to his game. Like this is a dude who I I feel is one of the fifteen best middleweights in the world which I didn't quite feel that way against uh, John Salter or Austin Vanderford or whatever, you know, like I, I think that this is a, an appropriate step up or as, as a, will be a solid win for Gegard. But as far as risk, it seems pretty low for kind of the stuff that you, you were mentioning, you know, riding so high off what he did in his last two bouts. Maybe this is the time father time catches up with him. I thought it was happening already. And then Gegard completely swayed me, you know, like he is, Okay, he just had some bad performances. It wasn't that he was getting old, and now he's dialed in. I do have questions because apparently he's fat this week. So yes. I don't. He apparently had to lose like thirty pounds in three days or some astronomical number this coming in this week. So that always gives you a little bit of pause. But I, my assumption is that he is certainly a better fighter than Johnny Eblen, um, and I assume he will get the win. So. If you're going on danger, 
maybe a six or a five, but if just quality, I, I think seven is is pretty right because I think Eblen's a like a, a top fifteen, top twenty middleweight. This is a, about as good a defense as he can get in Bellator at this point. We're not going to have a, a chance to talk about the post of this this weekend, most likely with everything going on. So I do want to just briefly before we move on hit the topic of what's next because at this point you mentioned Jed Gegard, thirty six years old. He's like 58 fights deep. He's seemingly... He's about to be 37. His birthday is August 1st. It's, it's coming up quick, and he is one of the few guys in this division who seems to just be defying age, because you're right. I thought I've, There's been at least multiple points in his career where I felt like he was either dropping off or maybe we're about to reach the end of it, and then he finds a new surge, and all of a sudden now he's like 12-1 and one over his last 13, and the one that he lost was a majority decision to Javier Lovato. And that was like a really great fight. So, like, he's he's cl- very clearly still here and he's still relevant. Who knows how much longer that, that will last, how much l- more he has left in the tank. But just quickly, do you want him to go to light heavyweight after this? Like, is that the move to challenge for that light heavyweight title after, after whatever this fight ends? And obviously, the light heavyweight situation is a little weird with Bellator right now. But ultimately, is that sort of what you want next from Gegard? Or do you think there's still more for him in this 185 division, AK? Has that uh, Anderson Nemkov, they've been rebooked, right? I don't believe so yet. Rematch? How the hell has that not been booked yet? <laughs> what the? I'm sorry, that's a whole, you know what, that's a whole other show. I just, yeah. I'm sorry, I, for some reason I just assumed, because that fight was how long ago now? That fight was at least two months ago now. Longer? Maybe. Maybe it just feels, I don't know, you know, MMA uh, world moves so quickly, maybe it feels longer than this. But that should have been rebooked within like two weeks. Like, this is absurd. Um, yeah, I mean, th- listen, I said the only reason I'd love to see Musashi go up there, both those guys are a terrible matchup for him. I understand that. Uh, either Corey Anderson or uh, Vadim Nemkov. But again, that's a fight. He goes up, he loses, and it's just like a shrug your shoulders. Ah, oh, he went back up to 205. He went to go, you know, become a two-division champion. It, it happens, right? Because he went, uh, he fought... Uh, he went down to fight Rory, right? Did you go down to fight Rory? Oh no, Rory went Rory up to fight went him, up. and then he beat Rory, and then he beat Rory's ass. Uh, but yeah, going him going up to two hundred five would be you know it'd be a fun challenge. He's been uh, he was the Strike Force light heavyweight champion, if I recall correctly. So you know he has the credentials to say I've I've won a world title uh, in in this weight division before, and I would not. I think he'd be a pretty big underdog against either of the top two light heavyweights in Bellator. But it's a it's a it's a low it's a medium risk high reward thing. If he loses, guess what? Goes back down to one eighty five and fighting the Johnny Eblins of the world again the austin vanderfords uh maybe someone who's on this card actually i guess i don't know how we want to start digging into that anatoly tokov is also will be competing he's probably in line for a talus shot next with a victory um so yeah there's it's light heavyweight is the next logical move for him those 185 fights are always going to be there uh and like i said one of these guys is going to get him eventually but he may as well chase uh chase some bigger fights before that happens yeah i kind of agree with you I, i mean at this point if you look at sort of bellator's middleweight division if Gegar can get through Johnny, like he is more or less gone through everybody pretty notable at this point. Like maybe you have a Lorenz Larkin out there or something who with a little bit of a name or like you said, toke off, but you're kind of starting to reach. You're reaching like Romero Cotton levels of like, we're just throwing anybody in here. What, what do you think, Jed? Tokov's the only guy who he's not interesting because no one cares. Um, so you can't use the word interesting, but like meritocratically is the only guy who would make sense assuming Tokov wins this weekend like he may well not I, I don't know probably is going to but we'll we'll see uh yeah I just I wanted to go up to 205 mainly because the fights are maybe they're not more fun 
It's hard to say that for sure, but they're certainly more notable. Like if he goes up to five, they have fight. a bunch of names there. Yeah, the names are more interesting. You know, like a, a Rumble Johnson fight is objectively fun. Sign me like, up for that. Romero. That's great. Yeah, like yeah, like that's a really fun fight there. And it's, I know it sounds a little bit weird to talk about like in this manner about a guy who was literally the current champion in an MMAfighting.com tremendous website. And MMAfighting.com's rankings is the number three middleweight in the world. But, like, I don't... Because they're because he can't do the thing where he fights, like, the best guys in the world because he exists in Bellator, I just want him to do the retirement tour. Even if he's not going to retire. Like, just just do the thing. Do the Legends tour. Because the dude's been fighting for 20 friggin' years. Like 20 years of fighting and so even if he still has tread on the tires, which somehow he does miraculously, he should not. But somehow it's he incredible. does. Like, it's really incredible. I just want to see him fight people. Like, I, I, no one will care about this fight. I mean, they would give a huge amount of a crap if it happened, but it's not a fight anyone's thought about. Give me Moose versus Fedor. That'd be fun as hell. Oh. Like, just do that. Do that sort of like really weird, dumb stuff because like I don't care about him fighting Anatoly Tokov. Like, no one does. He's done the thing. He will have defended a middleweight title a bunch of times. Huzzah. If you want to have him go get a light heavyweight title shot, that's cool. But I'm equally as comfortable just being like, I don't know. Let's just roll out a bunch of people who also have big names and just bang our action figures together. Because that's a really fun thing to do. Oh, my Lord. You just took me for a ride there. I was I was in... I was all the way in. You're talking about Musasi versus Romero. That's really fun. Musasi versus Rumble. That's really fun. But then you said Fedor, and I got all tingly inside. And all of a sudden, that's all I ever want again. Isn't that really fun? That's, I've Isn't never that even thought of that. Fun I have never thought yeah. of that matchup at all. But I cannot. Like that needs to happen now. That's the fight. It would be. It would be unbelievable. Like, and that's the sad thing is Bellator's not going to do it because they lost all their fun. Like they don't. They don't have fun in Bellator anymore. I they, mean. They might be listening to this right now and might book it just to spite you. I hope, like, if you, they did a bunch of things to spite me, they would be a much better promotion <laughs> than they currently are, for being honest. So, like, I hope so, because that would be... You guys don't... You're not good. And like, Bellator has forgotten that they're not good. They think that they're, like, very good because they arguably have the best light heavyweight in the world or whatever. Like, Mostly you guys are just not as high quality as UFC, so you should also just be more than willing to have fun. And Moose Moose Fedor is fun as hell. Like, that's just an incredibly fun fight. Moose would be 100% down to. Like, that dude would... Absolutely. He fought Mark Hunt. Like, he would he would sign up tomorrow dude, to fight Fedor. He doesn't care at all. And I can't he'd, he'd imagine favored, Fedor would say no. Oh, he'd well, definitely did, be favored. Yeah, he would okay. probably be favored, yeah. It'd be close. Oh, yeah. So maybe like... What, like 125, something like that? 115? Maybe just because of the weight difference. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's... It, he would definitely be favored. But it would also... I also don't think that's, like, an unrealistic fight, given how, like, yeah. who they are. They're both legends of the sport. Like, do fun stuff like that, because for as good as I think Johnny Eblen can be, or whatever, this has zero Q rating. Nobody gives two tugs on this one. Like, this okay. is just... This is spinning the wheels right. here. And that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, he's eleven already... and zero. John Avon's eleven and zero. He's I the like, number he one contender in Bellator. I, as I mentioned, I have <clears throat> him ranked, and that do. doesn't change that nobody cares about this fight. <laughs> All right. So if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But I'm pretty confident our traffic numbers are going to be like Jed is extremely right. They should do Moose Fedor. People would watch the hell out of that. Either way, I'm excited for this fight. 
I think it's an interesting fight. I'm interested to see where Johnny Ablin really stands in the global scheme because I agree with you, Jed. He's a very interesting prospect. I like that they made this fight, but I hope they start doing some really fun stuff with Gegard after this. I want to move on, gentlemen, because I know you just crapped on them a lot, Jed, but something Bellator has been doing very well, I thought, was this Bantamweight Grand Prix that they put together. And we have two bet matchups coming up here on Friday. We have Enrique Barzola versus Magomed Magomedov. The winner of that's going to fight Patchy Mix. And then the one everyone has their eye on, uh, Leandro Higo versus Danny Sabatello, the latter of whom has been making, I don't know, quite a bit of noise. Let's say that. He has been very loud. T-Sabs is a man. Danny Sabatello, I would say five like five times people, the amount of people know him now than he did before his last fight. The winner of the, him versus Higo is going to fight Hafeon Stotts for the interim title. So, Jed, true or false, the eventual winner of this Grand Prix is fighting tomorrow night. Uh, n- false. Okay. Who do you I think, mean, Stotts? I, I, yeah, I, Stotts is, is currently the guy I would have. I also think Danny Sabatello's game, while Danny Sabatello is easily the best person on the mic, don't get me wrong, um, and I, I want him to win. Man, do I want him to win because he is a, quote, machine, and I absolutely love that. Uh but the the stuff he said coming into this one is also just incredible. The hey, for the last you know every week uh, when we're training, you, you get your partners to emulate fighters, and I'm like, I, I've just been asking all my my training partners, hey, fight me really shitty because Leandro <laughs> Ego's a really shitty fighter. Is just like an incredible line. <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff, and it builds on his post fight speech and his last win, which was one of like the five best post fight speeches literally in the history of the sport so i love danny sabatello and bellator would be well would be in a great spot if he managed to win but i just think halfian stats is his way his his style he's a much better wrestler he's going to be able to stuff the shots he's a much better striker uh he is my odds on favorite to win the gp but uh a stat sabatello finale very much in play and would be an absolute banger well, so that would be a semifinal because then Patchy oh, mixes on the, the other side. Work? Yeah, but okay. Stotts can talk really well as well, uh, and the, that's, that's the lead up of that would be just in terms of the mic work would be fantastic. AK, same question to you that I just asked Chad. I mean, we have four guys going to, on Friday night. Is the winner of this eventual the eventual winner of this tournament fighting tomorrow night? I like like I like Magomed Magomedov, probably another guy oh, that falls. I- <laughs> falls under the uh, nobody cares about this guy uh, Jed uh, category uh, is the winner he's a good fighter he is he's a very good fighter he's a very good fighter um, he's fought Stotts already I think he lost to him um, gosh that's a good question is the is the winner because I'm no, not lying. I'm right, I, I'm right. maybe I'm buying the, the hype but I actually think there's a very very real possibility Danny Sattel is mm-hmm. going to come out of nowhere and just win this whole thing yeah and it look was, he has the that style that is the best case scenario listen if when he you does have that, Bellator would be happy. Uh, not with, the, I mean, it would be like a Ben Askren type thing, right? Where like Ben Askren in cage maybe was not the most exciting guy, but there was something about his personality and something about his way he could, you know, sort of sell people fights. People gravitated and to him. People did gravitate towards him. This is true. Now he was a little also more, but I mean, Askren also had kind of the pedigree, right? The pedigree, the national championships, uh, competing at the Olympics. So he had a little bit more of a mainstream pedigree than Danny Sabatello does kind of like you guys just said Sabatello more so came out of nowhere like Askren came into Bellator with a name with with a name Sabatello is like is like home, kind of homegrown in Bellator now um and it's to his credit and it's also how uh, I think Bellator has also done a decent job of marketing him like putting him in the main event is very smart uh 
Landry Higo, very reliable. Landry Higo is kind of a weird... He's kind of a weird guy. Right? He just always seems to find himself in relevant fights, but doesn't win them ever. Is that unfair to say about Landry Higo? No, because he's a really shitty fighter. Danny Sabatella told us so. <laughs> no, you're and, not and wrong, though. I mean, I think... I think the three people that would be most like outstanding of the fights he's been in are Dante's Caldwell and Pico when he lost all of them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, you know, I think he, he no, he beat Caldwell uh, the second time. The second time. So, uh, yeah, so he beat he him. He just the beat time, him. Yeah, he just yes, yeah, but yeah, that's right. He did lose the first time, and he also missed uh, weight. Yeah, he's twice a, in a row. So you know, this hit yes, miss. he's a weird case. He's just always getting. He's always in the main cards. He's always getting like co-main or main opportunities, and yet never seems to win the big one uh, when it matters. And I and I don't think that's going to change on Friday. Yeah, I think Sabatella's style is perfect. I, I always I always favor like when you're talking about guys who can become champions, guys who can win tournaments like this. I always favor fighters who have an A plus skill, right? And and not everyone in MMA does. Uh, he is an A plus wrestler, A plus grinder. That can take you. We all know that can take you so far uh, in this in in MMA. I mean, it's just a fact. It's just proven. Uh, it's been proven in Bellator, as we just said with Ben Askren. So I don't know if I'd put him on on that level uh, as a Ben Askren, but boy, he has looked really, really good um, in his Bellator fight so far. And this is now he's going to get. Have fun, buckle up, fans. He's going to get five rounds to grind uh, Higo into dust. Uh, he's been saying he's going to hurt him and get a finish. I. It's not impossible. He's one of those guys. He was certainly a finisher on the regional scene, but ever since he sort of stepped up to the next level of competition, he has not finished anyone. I don't think he cares. Again, like I said, he's not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, he'll say it pre-fight. He's not going to apologize for it after that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get the finish. No, if he gets the win, he's going to be happy and he's going to talk his talk, which, uh, as you guys mentioned, is very good. And as far as I know, he hasn't like crossed any weird lines yet, right? With his trash talk. Yet, yet is the operative term. Yet is the operative. I mean, yes. He is... A high likelihood of getting milkshake ducked in the next year is my sure. my my not so subtle take on it. You can say that about ninety percent of the people in MMA, though. So that is True. you know, but yes, for someone who talks this much and does as many interviews, yeah. it does feel like he's just bound to say something that that rubs someone the wrong way. But that's what I do like about him is that he is like he has good lines so far. It's mostly just focused on trashing his opponent. Um, that's that's also, there's an art also to that. It's, it is kind of like the it's not like a. Like it's 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 mean, but it's not like mean spirited in that like he's going really personal with stuff or like bringing no. family into it. Like yeah. like it's very chill. Chill like to tell people yeah. they sucked. Like I like that kind of childish yeah. trash talk of like you suck. That is very relatable. Yeah, Danny Sabatello is the spiritual successor to Chael Sonnen. I know Colby Covington desperately tried to do that, but Colby Covington never was never in on the joke enough to do it. And I think Danny Sabatello is and so like it, it hits differently and it's way funnier also colby yeah. isn't and i don't think i don't think colby's as quick on his feet like a lot of that stuff's rehearsed and danny, no. danny it feels oh, like no, it's much no, quicker. no 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 colby has zero wit to him. And, and not to go off on a tangent the shame is colby is a much better fighter than chael sonan or danny sabatello and i wish he had been able to reconcile that with some other i'm, I'm like, not going to say that he's a better fighter than chael sonan i agree i like chael sonan people, people I think underrate how good chael sonan was for a people bit people underrate how good chael was and like Colby's getting a lot of mileage off of wins that happened four years ago. Hard and agree. Also, like, hard close, agree. Close, and beating also, Jorge Masvidal, who's hey, so good. People give him credit for going nine round, nine some rounds with the champ. They give him credit for sure. that. They give him credit He's for that. He's a really good Miles matchup for Kamaru Usman, but I, I agree with Jed. I would, we yeah. are totally on a different tangent, but I would yeah. like to see Colby okay. fight someone relevant in this division sometime mm-hmm. soon. That would be nice. That's uh, just not going to happen. By, by the way, Jed, when we are on like episode 400 of Damn They Were Good and we're doing Chael Sonnen, the Chael Sonnen episode, I want in on that. That'll be fun. Oh, oh we're doing Chael way sooner than that because <laughs> Chael, 
Chael is not a fun watch for the most part, but I've never had as much fun watching Chael throw away a, a middleweight title than in that fight with Anderson Silva. That was, was honestly one of the five most memorable experiences watching a fight I've ever had. So I wish you could get him on the show. That would be amazing. Um, I bet we can, actually. <laughs> it, it may not be impossible. Yeah. Quick pick here for, the, for these tournament picks. I'm taking Mago Medoff, and I'm taking Sabatello. Who you guys got? I'm taking Sabatello for sure. Uh, I think I'm taking Magomedov. I I was hoping AK was going to come out with the wild card and be like, I think Enrique Barzola is going to win the whole damn thing. He's <laughs> look good. He's look good. I, I love he, Enrique Barzola. I love him. He's a way better fighter than he gets credit for. Yes. And I honestly, I kind of am interested in an upset pick against Magomedov here. Like I think Magomedov just hasn't impressed, even though he's a good fighter. Whereas Barzola, I think has a has a higher ceiling at points in time. Uh, it's still a tough style matchup, but I, I for funsies, I'll, I'll go with the chaos theory and take Barzola to pull off the upset. All right. I could definitely see this becoming a damage versus control situation. I could see a lot for of sure, right? A lot of a lot of upset. You know, uh, uh, Megamedov wins a split decision, and a lot of people upset. Like, no, but Barzola was killing him in round one and two, first half of round one and two. For you know, this, it started grinding. Yeah, I could see that happening, but I'll, I'll go with the least fun option uh, and go with Megamedov, and then uh, and he uh, Sabatel, of course, to advance. Uh, one of the one of the quick tidbit from this card I want to mention, then we can move on. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kat Zingano is like quietly on the prelims of this one. Uh-huh. She's fighting Pam Sorensen. And because uh-huh. Bellator sucks. Well, at their hold on, hold on. I, I'm not putting this on Bellator because at this point I am kind I have to admit that I'm like somewhat confused by what Kat Zingano's doing in Bellator and like the run that she's sort of on. Like she came over here talking about no talking noise about wanting to fight Chris Cyborg. It's something she had been talking about for years, even back in the UFC as well. She'd always made it clear that that's the fight she wanted. And yet we're on fight three now of this Bellator thing. She's fought two women without Wikipedia pages. And now she's fighting Sorensen, who 
even you know she's former Invicta champion but she's not a big name by any stretch and again she's on like the YouTube prelims and on Wednesday at the media day Kat was asked point blank about fighting Chris Cyborg and she essentially just waffles and says the only way she's going to do it is if Chris agrees to independent drug testing which is definitely something not Bellator's not going to do or care about um, it's been 11 years since Cyborg failed the drug test for a steroid what is going on here because, Jed, this is starting to feel like a GDR situation all over again with Cyborg. Oh, uh, that's because it is. I don't, like, I don't... I have a general rule where my assumption is that professional fighters are not afraid to fight other professional fighters because they are professional fighters. Um, getting your ass beat is actually not, like, that bad of a thing um, for anyone who's ever had their ass beat. Like, it's it's okay. You just, you recover and move on. But I mean, what, I, there what, is what the hell? It's, only getting your one. ass beat sucks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off there. Getting your ass it's beat. It's fine. Sucks. All right, continue. It's fine. Like it's not. You don't want to do it, but it's whatever. Um, and if you're getting paid to do it, then that's fine. Uh, but there's honestly only one realistic way to approach what's happening here, and it's that Katzingano doesn't want to fight Chris Cyborg. She talked a lot of greasiness, uh, and then actually found herself in a position where this is going to happen. And now she has done the unique thing of. There are not a lot of times that I can recall Chris Cyborg absolutely dunking on people. Oof, yeah, uh, yeah. But after, like, I mean, she's dunked on people in the cage a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, like, after Zingano said her, I want independent thing, Cyborg went on Twitter and was like, yes, yeah, so Zingano was 9-0 and uh, and beat Misha Tate and Amanda Nunes uh, before USADA came to the UFC. And she's been 1-4 and since and then went 2-0 and after she left it. So really, who needs who needs the testing? And like, I'm not here. Also, to say she threw in a like have fun fighting on YouTube type of thing as well. It, it yeah. was a real ten like, seven. It was it was. Oh, money. she she dunked all over her. And I am not in any way saying Kat Zingano is on the gas because one, I don't care, and two, it probably isn't. But like, it also just doesn't matter. But if you're just gonna come, if you're gonna come talking reckless, you need to be ready to not get absolutely throttled. And she did. So like. Losing the, the war of words to Cyborg and certainly losing the fight if and when that happens is it's a bad look. Everything she's done is bad. It's still very stupid that Bellator put her on the prelims like this is ostensibly a woman you're going to have fight ostensibly your champion. Though I guess Cyborg's contract situation is in a bit of limbo or whatever. So I don't know what the hell anyone's doing here. It's all bad. Um, and it's just par for the course with Bellator these days. AK, is, what, yeah. is, what do you make of this? Well, for one, I would have loved to have seen Kat Zingano and Pam Sorensen as the main card opener. I, I get it. Brendan Ward and Cassius Kane, I guess they're assuming will end in sort of like an exciting finish. That's probably why they put it out there. And that's fine. That's that's always good reasoning to make a fight a main card opener. But they have like a former lightweight champion on there. Brent Primus is on the prelims. Uh, Anatoly Tokov, who we said might be the next middleweight title challenger, is on the prelims. Saba Hamasi versus Macon Mendoza has like has some heat behind it. That's that like there's a lot of card fights they they could have put as the main card opener. I get it. You want to have the two uh, 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 Grand Prix fights on the um, uh, on the main card, so you can't move those. A little bit of an odd choice though with Brendan Ward and, and Cassius Kane with respect to both those guys. Alejandra Lara, she just she just recently fought for a Bellator title and is always very fun to watch. Anyway, uh, but yeah, with regards to uh, Katzengano. My, my my only thing would be, I assume she's getting paid the same no matter who she fights in Bellator at the moment. Again, they don't have pay-per-views. I know they've flirted the idea of having a pay-per-view someday, and they've had them in the past, but they don't, they're not going to hold one anytime soon. Um, and if that's the case, Katzengano probably gets paid the same for fighting Pam Sorensen as she does for fighting 
uh, Chris Arbor. I don't know what the championship boost is. There's certainly no pay-per-view points. Maybe there's a bit of a salary boost for being in a title fight. So in that sense, she should be angling for it like hardcore. Or she, or she just get a belt. She's not. If she wins, she's probably not going to beat Chris Cyborg in a fight anyway. Uh, and uh, just being real, just being real. And and again, if if her posturing is any indication, maybe she kind of agrees with us, you know. Or maybe she's waiting. Uh, she's waiting for something to happen. Maybe she's waiting for Chris Cyborg to. She thinks Chris Cyborg will become a free agent or something. Yeah, maybe she wants to get a vacant. That's my read featherweight on title, which that is feels right. That's my read. But on I mean. It, yeah, and I guess that'll that'll be a salary increase there, but like no one will care. I guess if you're a fighter, it doesn't matter. So she is being very cagey and very very strategic, very uh, very cat like, you might say. <laughs> oh my god, I hate, I hate you, you so much. She's being shitty like a cat. Um, and if that is the case, and this somehow doesn't does if, if a year from now we're talking about Kat Zingano uh, winning a vacant featherweight title and and suddenly getting a couple of fat chick uh, fat paychecks before she decides to walk away, you know what? Then she did it the right way. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of how it's been handled. And Chris Cyborg really, really did some she damage with her. that that tweet. She her. Uh, I almost just kicked you off this podcast because of that cat joke. Don't do that again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th- this whole thing's weird to me. It's again, she talks so much noise for so long. Uh, I don't know the the independent drug testing thing. What are we doing anymore? Uh, anyway, let's move on to PFL five. We got the heavyweights. We got the lightweights. Jed, you're going to be there as you as you said at length at the beginning of this. Ak, what's catching your eye when it comes to this card? What do you oh, like? What are, you, what are you looking for? It is the he- correction. It is the heavyweights and the featherweights, which is confusing because Anthony Pettis is one of the lead fights, and he, oh. he is a lightweight. It's a weird there one. Is also there's a that is actually fight why I thought yes, it was lightweight. So my bad. Yes, there's one lightweight fight, which is above all the all the other featherweight fights, which are which are on there. So, but yes, and and heavyweights. So. But oddly, not the main event, which it very clearly should be. Yes. yes. Why is the main event? Well, listen, Bruno Capalotza. Uh, I need to check. He is a champion. He is the defending PFL champion. That's why the fact that you just said I need to check in the middle of this show. Yeah, no, I need no, no. That's I need to check if he is. He is a Farv in our rankings. A fighter also receiving votes. Uh, I don't know who put him on there. Probably uh, Guillermo Cruz. I love that you've given that an acronym. It's a Farv. Yeah, you're a Farv. A a fighter also receiving votes. Yeah, you're a Farv. So he's a Farv. Uh, He has one vote in our in our rankings. So he's he's on the board in there somewhere. He's in the top twenty, top twenty five ish area somewhere. Um, So in that sense, I do apply them for saying, listen, we want to, yes, we want to respect our defending champ. On the other hand, Anthony Pettis is a bigger name than anybody on this card. He should be in your main event. This is just silly. Uh, but yeah, also, he's, I, fighting, he's just, fighting Stevie Ray. He's fighting Stevie that's Ray. A good fight. That's a good and fight. Good fight. Is fighting I know. Matthias Scheffel, uh-huh. who I've never heard of, and uh-huh. is 15 and 8. <laughs> like, that was, is, you could have made that man's name up. Listen. Is, and that's just dumb. Listen, this is a card of chaos. All right, we this card has seen five Brazilian five fights changed this week. Six new fighters signed to the PFL just to keep this. Excuse me, just to keep this card together. Uh, I think you, I'm sure you and uh, you and Connor talked about this on the gambling podcast, Jed. But uh, Connor's so, very upset. <laughs> Brendan Brendan Lochnane is fighting a new uh, newcomer. Uh, Goldsaw is fighting Maurice Green, who people of course know from the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter UFC. Uh, Juan Adams, also from the UFC, is facing. I, I really have to look up these names, guys, as I'm talking about them. Um, is facing K Kai. I was, uh, I was going to let Kai. you try it. Sam. I don't know how to say that. Okay, Sam Sam K, I'm going to say. And they're both new to the PFL. Anton Delizia is fighting, fighting Sheldon Graves. Shelton Graves. And Bubba Jenkins is fighting Exxon. Hinaldo Exxon. So, 
I love the way the PFL sent this out. Like they sent like the email, they sent out a tweet like five, uh, five new fights on Friday's card or six new fighters come to the PFL. I'm like, that's one way to look at it. So there is the opportunity for Cass here, guys. Um, none of these fighters have a realistic chance of making the playoffs. Uh, the featherweights, the featherweights do. It's wide open. No one had a finish in the first uh, first featherweight card. So there you go. Anyone who's a finish, they're probably locked to get in. The heavyweights, everyone in the top four right now has at least five points. If Sheffield gets a first round finish, he's in. Clinton Abreu can sneak in uh, with the decision if Anton Delicia loses. And you know what? Why do I say this? All the PFL fans know this. I'm sorry. I shouldn't even have to break this down. PFL, PFL fans have the standings on their, like, as their uh, desktop wallpaper. They know. I don't need to break down who needs to win and who needs to lose on Friday. What am I doing? <laughs> I mean, all all the heavyweights can basically punch their ticket in. I mean, I guess Clinton Abreu is technically outside of the top four at the moment. But if he beats him in Fea, he'll move into the top four. Yes. This, yes. Yeah. It's honestly not a bad PFL card as far as PFL cards go. It's very weird what happened that a bunch of things changed. And I understand the inclination to have Capaloza shuffle in the main event, but it's just objectively incorrect. Because Pettis Stevie Ray is like, honestly, it's one of the better fights going on this weekend, including the UFC card even. Like, it's really one of the better fights UFC PFL fight. could just put together, period. Yeah, just in general. So it's it's very weird, especially weird that it's, a random lightweight fight on an otherwise heavyweight featherweight card. Everything about it's very strange. Because didn't they do lightweights last weekend? They did do the lightweights yeah, for the last event. Except for yeah. Pettis. Yeah, except for Pettis. Yeah. Except for this one, which doesn't make... Which would make sense to me if they were doing this to be the main event of this card because, like, you want to put something in the like in the marquee spot. But to just not have that on the other lightweight card to put it as the co-main here seems very, very weird to me. I agree with you in that it's obvious that Pettis Ray should be the main event. It's very strange to me that it's not. But either way, the, the, there's actually like stakes to that fight too because Anthony Pettis is already in for in sure. the the playoffs. And yes. so he's in the running he's for a million dollars. Yep. But Stevie Ray could also jump in there if he manages to get a, a first or a second round finish. So yes, it's up in there. Why is Pettis Why is Pettis in the playoffs? Pettis uh, because he got a first uh, round Olivia. finish. Yes. Yeah, and so he's oh, currently in the okay. lead with so six points. Yeah, functional, in yeah, the finish I, I forgot that the the way that their first round means he's over OAM, who has two wins. Yeah, two decisions. Yes, but ultimately, ultimately, though, you look at this card; it's a card of a bunch of heavyweight banger fights, right? Like it's not like marquee names, but it is probably going to be a lot of violence. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm kind of here for it. It's better than Parisian Badeau on the UFC card on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the like, main card. Yeah. That's, That's the wrong. third fight from the top. That's wrong. <laughs> no, we just talked about it on BTL. We'll very briefly speak on this just because that fight infuriates me because Badeau's French and Parisian's name is Parisian uh -huh. and the UFC is going to Paris in two months. <laughs> and it's incredibly stupid that this fight is happening in, in the Apex instead of UFC Paris. It makes they me so, so mad. I'm so mad about it. I cannot express to yeah, you these are mad. That these are me. men's lives. They can't wait two months. They got bills yeah. to pay. They, they, they Come on. Joe's, also, Joe's those guys Silver aren't selling. rolling over in his grave. Those guys aren't selling a alive. single more ticket in France, if we're being honest. No, but Joe Silva would have never allowed this to happen. That fight would have 1,000% happened in the undercard of UFC Jen, Paris. How about this? It's going to end in a weird no contest. They rebook it for UFC Paris. That's what Mike said. And I okay. I don't care how it ends. Just rebook it for UFC Paris. Whoever wins. No matter what. Happens. <laughs> well, well, quickly, I, I do want to hit this main event because, Jed, if you look at Bruno Capeloza's record since joining PFL, 5-0, and oh, four knockouts, one very oversized million-dollar check, and a championship belt. 
And so he's back at you it again. Who, and you know who his last loss is to, my man? Um, I don't offhand. Off the top of your head? I don't offhand. Oh, UFC light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohashka is the last man to defeat okay. Bruno Capelosa. That's not bad. That's not bad. So that actually, That's not a bad loss at all. So that goes back to what I was going to say, which is that seemingly anyone can get ranked at heavyweight with a few good wins. And yet, as AK, as AK mentioned, I just actually checked our, our rankings for MMA fighting, and only one person on the entire website, uh, our good friend Stephen Morocco, has him ranked at all. And he has him ranked barely in the top 15. He's like right on the oh, outskirts. Oh, Stephen. Oh, have, I thought it was have, good. Jed, have we been disrespecting Bruno Capeloza in our rankings? No, because his win... Well, one, two of his five wins are over Ante Delaja, who... Sure. Like, that's... It's not an awful win, but, like, that's... Oh, my God. That, you just broke AK. His, his mic's muted, and he's losing it right now. <laughs> that That's... He's... Ante Delaja's not a Favre. Uh, Mo DeRice, <laughs> who I... I don't know who that is. Um, Stu, Stuart Austin. Like, these aren't high-profile wins. However, volume matters. And if he... If he goes out here and gets another win over another warm body in Matthias Scheffel, who whose nickname is Buffa. I don't know what that means, but the man is is a well-built young man. Uh, if he goes out and beats uh, beat Scheffel, I'm probably going to move him into my rankings. Honestly, looking at my rankings right now, I have Ryan Bader in there sort of because everyone else has Ryan Bader in there and I feel compelled to do it, but I've been looking for a reason to remove him. So How dare you disrespect Ryan the Bellator Bader. heavyweight champion? I, I dare. And uh, either way, if, if Capeloza wins, certainly if he gets a uh, a big knockout here, he's going to make my rankings this year or this this next iteration just because six in a row is a lot of wins and you deserve to be rewarded even if maybe your quality of opposition isn't the highest in the world. Um, you, you mentioning that Capeloza beat Delizia twice to win a million dollars last year. I was, I was about to say, that's the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Then I remembered Lance Palmer beating Alex Gilpin three times in one yeah. season and winning a million dollars. Yep. That's, he, uh, he, he beat the same guy three times in one, in a year and won a million dollars. It's not a bad gig. Look, it's not a bad gig. It's a great gig. If you can get it, it's a great great gig i love pfl you're so lucky you're so lucky you're gonna be there i'm really excited honestly (laughs) um well let's get out of here one last thing before we go uh i just want to throw it out there to you guys i mean anything from bkfc that you want to mention before we get out here because it it actually is not a bad card i mean you have luis palomino fight for the welterweight title uli diaz fight for the middleweight title jimmy rivera's debut beck rollins britain hart too as ak said at the top of this anything standing out to you guys beck rollins britain hart Two is probably going to be fun. Um, the only other thing, honestly, I'm not. BKFC has never tickled me in the way that a lot of people seem to be really invested in it. Uh, but Luis Palomino is just a really violent, fun man to watch, and I'll watch any Luis Palomino fight like that he ever has, just just out of respect for <laughs> for for the Gaethje fights, like. He could fight. He could go on a twelve fight losing streak and look awful. And just out of respect for the wars with Justin Gaethje, I'll still tune in for that man. But he's still pretty fun to watch anyway. So you know that's a, that's a bonus. Uh, I'm excited about the debut of uh, Jimmy Rivera. I'm a fan. I've always kind of been a fan of El Terror. Uh, I had him ranked, I believe, the last time he fought in the UFC, which has been uh, well over a year ago now. Um, yeah, he was still a ranked bantamweight. Certainly not anymore. The way that division has moved along. Um, 
So yeah, I think he's a great fighter. It's a really kind of a tough matchup. Uh, this guy Howard Davis has fought for BKFC already, so he's got bare knuckle experience. He's big. Um, he's six foot two. I think anyone who's seen Jimmy Rivera fight is he's not a tall man. Uh, you know, or Wait, the guy Jimmy, Jimmy, tall fought, man. Jimmy Rivera's fighting someone who's six two. Yeah, that's he's a, listed that's... at six two. Maybe the, the, the it's off. I don't know, but that is the, the measurements I'm I mean, seeing. He's still going to be much taller than five. Five. Jimmy, Jimmey Rivera, Jimmy Rivera is five four. Is. Jimmy Rivera is not a tall man. <laughs> he's not a tall man. Even among bantamweights, he's a short guy. <laughs> oh my god! So. Sad. I'm just sad about the Jimmy Rivera fight because he didn't like. He's certainly not the best ever been, right? But uh-huh. like, the losses that exited him from the UFC and MMA. Marlon Marais, when Marlon Marais before Marlon Marais like got washed overnight. Yep. A decision lost to Aljo, a decision mm-hmm. lost to Piotr Jan, 1A and 1B at Bantamweight, and a decision lost to Pedro Munoz. And he beat Cody Stamen like a year and a half ago. Cody Stamen, who just obliterated Eddie Wineland. Like, the dude can still f- compete, maybe not at the upper echelon, but now he's in the retirement home fight league. And that makes me sad. Maybe he's, he's making only good 32. Money, I, he's only 32, too. <sighs> he's fought a lot, though. He has. He's, he's definitely up yes. there in, in fight years. In fight years, yeah. he is he had, up there. He had an extensive career before he finally made it to the UFC. I distinctly remember him being a regional powerhouse. Yeah. Listen, he's speedy. He's he's got he's got better power in his hands. I think people give him credit for. Maybe he just he outworks this guy. Uh, that or we see a six foot two guy pick him apart for five rounds, which is not going to be which is going to be kind of horrible to watch. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm de- win or lose. I am intrigued by that coming event. You pointing out that he is fighting someone who's six foot two actually makes me more interested in watching this, just because that's a freak show and I don't actually understand what they're doing. If that's if that's what we're doing, but hey, I'm here for it. Uh, it is a loaded weekend, fellas. Uh, we didn't even talk anything about the UFC card. That was actually the point, but it was fun to spotlight a lot of these other promotions that are going this week. It's a it's a big week right now, and then obviously next week is International Fight Week, so we got a loaded just stretch coming up. Uh, so anyway, I hope. All you guys out there, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for joining us for our little mini pod preview here. Uh, that man is Alexander K. Lee. That is Jed Mashu. I am Sean O'Shotty. We will keep it. Uh, please keep it locked to MMA Fighting. We're going to have all our usual UFC preview, post fight, all everything you come to expect from this wonderful website. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you later. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.